I think that's genius. I love that. I, I think that's the first time I've actually heard someone give an indefinite, like 21 days, that's how we roll, that gets it done. Uh, and it sounds like you have a staggering amount of data that provides that. And I think we knew the first three days are going to be prime, but to have that, okay, get it done in those 21 days, now you have a timeline. Now you have something to kind of track and pay attention to. Because for sure, I do remember those 30, 60, 90s, and they were a 90-day follow-up. You're praying. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. hoping and praying. They're gone. Or They're gone. who knows? You They already bought. Like Something happened. It's three months down the line. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to a Dealership Fix-It. I am joined by host Jacob Berry, and this is Angel Hacker. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day out there in the power sports industry. How are you today, Jacob? Doing pretty good. How are you doing today, Angel? I'm doing awesome, man. Doing great. Well, what are we uh, talking about today? Today, I woke up with a little bit of an inspiration of scoreboards. How do we track and measure and manage the goals that we want to hit? How do we develop the scoreboards and the tracking to continue to improve on our performance? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's many different ways that you can go about that. I think that it's, uh, it's, it's first, uh, you know, the first exercise in this is to identify what part of the dealership that you're looking to build the scoreboard on to track and, Maybe develop these KPIs, right? These key performance indicators. And so, uh, as we were talking there before we started recording, is uh, we were talking about maybe some of the BDC stuff. So, you know, this is this is muscle for me, muscle memory for me. So we do have several in there, but the one that I developed over the years, I like to call the five by fifty. And this is more or less just a, a proactive approach to how you're going to deal with all these phone calls that you got to deal with, right? All these leads, emails, activities that you got to get done to achieve the end result, which is to sell a bike. Um, but let's just go through it real quick. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. So the, the five by 50, uh, we call it that because it's five main uh, points that you're measuring uh, all divided into one another. So it's a little bit of easy division math. Right. But you start at the top line and I got a graphic that we can share, uh, you know, in this episode notes, but the first one would, would be outbound activity, right? A, a lot of guys, they will, they will look at how many leads and how many they're closing and just kind of wrap it up into a closing rate, right? Leads divided by sold. And that's your closing rate. And although that's true, there's a lot of in between, and that's what this five by 50 does. Uh, so regardless of how many leads you've got or received in a given time, like a month or a week or a quarter, I always look at the proactive outbound. And what I mean by that is how many calls an individual or a team or a department is making in that measured time period. So calls, emails, text messages, how, how many different types of communications that we can outbound proactively make to a given customer, right? Now, from there, we look at our contact rate. And so from all of the outbound activity that we do, uh, how many people are we actually connecting with? And here's a, here's a little known statistic is uh, right around 30, 40% is our contact rate. But if you look at that 
you know, as a glass half empty, that's a that's a 70% voicemail rate, if you will, right? So 70% of the time we do not get a hold of these customers, 30% we do. Uh, and I'll I'll touch on that in a minute on 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 how we kind of measure that stuff. But so number one is proactive outbound, number two is the contact rate, number three is our appointment setting rate, right? So once we get a hold of the customer and we're going through our little technique exercise or we're doing our word tracks or our guides. How many times are we actually setting an appointment, a hard, solid appointment with a customer with an actual date and time, and they're committing to, yes, I will come into the dealership. Now, from there, it's it's the easiest two that everybody knows. Once you've set an appointment, it's did they show? And then the last one is did they buy? Now, we call this the five by 50 rule because we just divide one into the other. So if you divide your contacts into your outbound, you should be about half, right? You want to try to aim for that baseline of half of your customers that you call. You are, you know, 50% contact rate. From your contact rate to your appointment setting, you want to be about 50%. So your goal is always half the customers that you're talking to or engaging with or setting appointments with should be 50%. So just to run down that list again, outbound proactivity, contact rate, you should be about 50%. From contact to appointment set, you should be about 50%. From set appointments to shown appointments, you should be about 50%. That one's easy to explain because there's only really either or. Once you set an appointment, they either show or they don't, right? There's really no in between. So it's always 50% at that point. And then same goes with the solds, is that once, once a customer is in your showroom, in your dealership looking to buy a bike, they either what? They either buy or they don't, right? So it's 50%. So that's the easiest metric that we can give to just about any power sports dealership and say, hey, here's a really good baseline. These are five measuring points to your KPI list that you can say, hey, where am I at in these? Now, what's interestingly enough is that you'll see these, the, these measurement points, you know, the, the, these, these stats kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And what I always like to look at, you know, in terms of, all right. I'm at 70% show rate, but I'm at a 30% sold rate. Well, what that might tell you is that people that are handling your phone calls and setting these appointments, they're only really setting appointments for people who they know are going to come in anyways, right? They're not logging everything, which brings their appointment shows down, uh, you know, the overall shows down, but those shows that are down, they're, they're have a high show rate because they're only logging people who are either coming in right now or today, or they just called to see if it was available and they're on their way, right? Uh, but they have a low sold rate, which means maybe the sales department isn't doing their job. Or let's let's flip that around and say, you know, we have a really great contact rate, a, a high fifty or sixty percent contact rate from everybody, everybody that we're calling contacting, but our appointment setting rate is not that great. It's in the low percentile, and that tells us really, you know, hey, maybe you don't have the best technique. Maybe you need to change up your word tracks, or maybe the customer is giving objections that the rep is just not prepared to rebut, right? And so there's a little bit of technique trading in that, but that's the five by 50 rule. That's what we've come up with uh, over the years. There's lots of other measurement points, but that's the easiest one to kind of look at a baseline and say. Yeah, I really like that. I like that you keep it super simple to the five by 50 and that each one of these are pretty much broken down into a 50% rule. Now, did you come up with that 50% as the goal or are you guys really finding that that should be the benchmark for these metrics? It's obviously when we're dealing with like transactional data, we're going off of a benchmark. 
So I think currently the HD market is so their greets to deliver their greets to transactions. So you have for every one PGA transaction in the HD space, they're hoping to be logging two greets. And then to the write-up, they're hoping to be logging seven write-ups forever, or they should be getting one write-up for every seven transactions in the PGA department. And then up to the delivery, you should be getting about 22 transactions for every bike sold. So they kind of are able to balance that. Are you finding that you're getting some benchmark metrics outside of the 50% that are a little different? Yes. Now, you know, to answer your question, benchmark or baseline, these are these are baselines, right? And just yeah. the difference between the two is is mainly, you know, the difference of have you started measuring these things or not, right? And we find that a lot of dealers, um, you know, w- you know, one or two line dealers, or maybe if they are just kind of starting their internet department or their business development center, or they just have a guy that is dedicated to answering the phones and answering your internet leads. They're really don't, they're just starting. They don't know really where to start, or they're they're just kind of like, hey, exploring this whole thing. They're dedicating a person to it, which my hat's off to you. Congratulations for taking that step into the, the year 2023. Um, so these metrics are really for you know the baseline, right? You should be about 50% is your goal wherever you start in this process. Now the benchmarks come from the dealerships that have had a lot of this data historically that they can that they can measure on. Uh, and we have dealers that have been using this five by fifty for years, uh, not only within the ride now group, but uh, also outside of that. And so we can see some seasonality in that. We can see some fluctuations in how good an individual is, or a team is, or a manager is that is running that department. Sometimes we have weak managers that don't really press on, uh, you know, improving one of those metrics within these these five KPIs. Uh, and you can kind of see that, you know, it kind of goes downhill overall, uh, or you can see that somebody new comes in, someone strong, or they just receive some training and you start to see the dials turn up. And so they're really, you know, they're, they're really kind of a, a good you know, looking glass into each one of these KPIs, depending on how much historical data you have to look into it and say, where's my improvement going in this whole process daily, weekly, monthly. I love that. And I, Think for somebody that doesn't already have this in that historical data is that it's never too late to start, right? Like this is a tracker you could build today, a scoreboard that you can set up today based on every day, how many leads did you get? Every day, how many outbound transactions really occurred? Because I look at that outbound activity as a door swing, right? That's that's how many people came through you picked up the phone, you sent an email, you sent a text. Now, I did want to ask that question on your perspective. Are you considering all outbound activity equal or are you only counting certain outbound activity as superior to the other? That's a great question. Phone calls are superior, okay? But I'm not uh, in some kind of disillusion to say that customers are always answering their phone, right? Because oftentimes uh, we do a lot of business through text message these days. Uh, and when it comes to email, that's still a very powerful tool that you can, you know, transmit a lot of different data, you know, links and images and documents, right? That you can do through email that text is maybe a little bit more limited, but the phone call has the most weight to it because 
when it comes to the other two, email and text, you can't emote, right? You're, you're now audibly listening to my voice and you can hear my influx go up and down. You can hear me talk faster and I get a little louder when I get excited or when I want to be serious, I can kind of bring down my tone a little bit. And that leads to maybe a, a, a little bit more intently listening. And so you can't do any of that stuff when you're on a text message or an email uh, because it's it's just part of that human nature, right? We hear that emotion come through verbally versus through contextually on a uh, on a text, right? So I, I do put more weight into a phone call, and we do stress making the phone first. But we're also not dumb, and we say they're going to answer a text message probably uh, you know twice as many times as they would answer a phone call, and that's just kind of the truth of the matter in 2023. Beautiful. So for a manager measuring these and for a person performing the activities themselves, you would track each activity as I sent a text, I sent a phone call, I sent an email, that person emailed me back. Would you consider that email back one activity into that second box? So you'd have three swings and one received. So let, let's be clear on that. It, okay. These are outbound. Uh, think of it like fishing, right? So you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hook up your line and you're going to throw the, the, the lure in the water, uh, but you're not always going to catch on the first one. So you may need to reel it back in, throw it out again, right? Still no bites, reel it in, throw it back out. So those are all attempts at contact is how we look at that. Now, once you get a reply, now it's on, right? The conversation is happening. You're starting to have some rapport some engagement back and forth. Maybe they ask you a question, you're asking questions, you're trying to put together this uh, this little communication package to get them to that next step, which is to be setting a, a specific day and time to come and visit the dealership and take a look at a couple of bikes. So I do not count replies in that. I only count the outbound. And to you know, answer your other question, you know, even though it's phone and email and text and they answer only on the email, if they only answer once and then they go silent again, I'm going to re-engage them into that same process of just outbound, outbound, outbound. And mind you, this only goes on in our process for 21 days. Uh, but I, after that 21st day on day 22, we kind of cut it off and we say, look, we're getting no response out of this customer. I don't have the manpower or woman power to efficiently keep going with the constant, hey, are you still interested? Hey, you know, are you still looking at this bike? On day 22, it gets cut off and that goes over to our long-term follow-up into like newsletters or like, you know, hey, here's our event coming up in, in the next month. Uh, and we let that automation kind of handle it from there. Uh, and then we just keep working on those new engagements that we're always trying to, you know, use through our marketing, through lead generation and whatnot. And the new customers always kind of come to the top. Beautiful. So that 21-day window, that is the game time for making those outbound contacts and hopefully moving that lead into the contacted realm. That's it. Yeah. And, and something that I said earlier about a lead close rate, I mean, we're still in the, you know, eight, 10, maybe upwards to 12% close rate, which means all of the leads that you get for a given month, you know, let's just say, let's just say a thousand, right. Which is a lot for some guys, uh, you know, you're only closing, you know, roughly a hundred of those, right. So you know, how you move customers through that 21 day, there's always customers coming in from the last month, new customers this month, and then bleeding over into the next month. 
but we, we, in this industry, like to, uh, you know, kind of cap that beginning of the month to the end of the month. So in that time period, the new leads generated from you know, the first of the month, to the end of the month, uh, whatever that, whatever that, that rate is, right. Uh, that, that thousand leads, that 500 leads that 100 leads, if you're a small, small shop, you know, you're still only closing 10% of those, but those are all leads that still go into your bucket for long-term marketing and newsletters and emails. Those are not lost customers. You can still have a chance to get those. They just don't qualify for that 21 day human follow-up. What caused you to select 21 days as the window? Like what got you to that conclusion? Fantastic question. So forever, we've had the 30, 60, 90 day follow-up, right? I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that. Oh, you got to follow up for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Uh, that was just inefficient, right? We we don't have, number one, that many people uh, at the dealership to be following with that many people, especially if you have a large volume of leads coming in every month. Um, but you know, I started to question, where are we getting this number from? Because I took that from, you know, wherever I learned it, you know, forever ago. And I said, oh, you know, we need to do 30, 60, 90 day follow-up. And I started to question, I go, you know what, what is the data telling us? And so what we did is we, we, we looked at all of our CRM data, which, you know, we had 40 plus CRMs. We had all the historical data. We tapped into the automotive market and started looking at all their CRM data from e-leads to VIN solutions, to dealer socket, even some of these other smaller ones, right? And we go, well, what is the day that a lot of customers are falling off? And we found some pretty interesting statistics. And, he, and here's a couple of them. Uh, the first three days are going to be the most important from a new lead generated to your CRM. You know, that's them filling out a form uh, or chatting with someone and it, and it ends up in your CRM, a, a new lead to work. Uh, the first three days are the, are the most important. And that's why we put the most intensity into those first three days. I mean, multiple phone calls, multiple emails, because that customer is hot and they are shopping right then and there, right? And we just know about our business being impulsive anyways, right? When someone gets a wild hair and they go, oh, I want to buy a motorcycle today, chances are they're buying one that day or the next day, right? So those first three days are super important and super heavy on the on the outbound. But to answer your question, the 21 day is where we saw a sharp drop, right? We started looking at this data and put it into these line graphs and we can see consistently through all these CRMs that we measure, regardless of the brand, when someone submits a lead on that 22nd day, boom, it almost goes into, uh, you know, halfway, you know, down to the zero engagement line. And we just go, you know what, this is kind of this point to where we can go, you know what, let's just cut off the human interaction where we mandate all of our reps to continually do these follow-ups to kind of stop at this point and let the automated emails and newsletters take over from there. So we're still in their inbox. It's just not a human touching it at that point. I think that's genius. I love that. I, I think that's the first time I've actually heard someone give an indefinite, like 21 days, that's how we roll. That gets it done. Uh, and it sounds like you have a staggering amount of data that provides that. And I think we knew the first three days are going to be prime, but to have that, okay, get it done in those 21 days, now you have a timeline and you have something to kind of track and pay attention to. Because for sure, I do remember those 30, 60, 90s, and they were a 90-day follow-up. You're praying. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. hoping and praying. They're gone. Or They're gone. who knows? You They already bought. Like Something happened. It's three months down the line. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, you mentioned earlier too, I wanted to swing back around to that. You had a very 
defined how many emails, how many texts, how many phone calls. How did you guys get to that conclusion? I think it was like 10 emails, eight texts. Yep. That was through trial and error. You know, we were looking at the right amount of messages, right? Because every operator's worst fear is that we're over communicating. I, I don't believe that, but you know, I'm a realist and I want to make sure that the guys who are putting my 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 play into action at their dealership, they're not going to hate it as soon as they look at it, right? So it, it's more of a okay, what does the dealer principal think is an appropriate amount? What does the data tell us as the most engagement? And what is the customer most likely to respond to our messaging with? Now, mind you, um, the first three days are the most intense. So it's you know day one, day two, day three, and then it starts to skip in the sequence there a couple of different days to where you're not badgering them every single day. And it gives you a little bit of time to breathe, right? Uh, as the rep doing the phone call. But you know, there's two phone calls on the first day. There's two emails on the first day. There's a text opt-in because we have to have that for compliance, right? On the mm -hmm. first day. So I mean, there's there's five messages technically on the very first day out of that whole sequence. And so you're trying to find that sweet spot of, hey, uh, Mr. Customer, you know, you have our attention. Uh, we have what you want. We want to try to deliver this you know, excellent experience for your next motorcycle purchase, but we don't want to bombard you with just a bunch of junk, right? We want to try to put some valid information within this messaging that says, hey, we're a good business to deal with. Um, and mind you, that's that's one point that I always used to say that that last comment there is that not a lot of people think about this, but a lead is a person, right? We always kind of talk about it as, oh, I've got this email notification or this, this, this dinger went off on my CRM saying I got a new lead, but that's a person behind that, right? There, there's an angel hacker or Jacob Berry out there that said, that submitted that form online. They looked at your inventory. They found whatever marketing you have. They looked at whatever you know Instagram post and they found your website or they found this lead form where you have your dealership's information posted. And they took the time, five, 10, 20 seconds to put in their name, to put in their email, and then maybe more like a phone number and, and what bike they're interested. And they hit that submit button. There's a human on the other end of that, right? And so, you know, just remembering that there's a person behind that other side of the screen uh, is, is key. And what, what you choose to do with that information is up to you because they've already decided to do business with you. Whatever your listing did to make them make that next engagement, it was priced right or it was the available inventory or it was just something in their local area, they've already made that decision to say, okay, I want to take the next step. I submitted my lead. I'm choosing to do business with this dealership. All you have to do as the representative of that dealership is not screw it up at that point, right? You just have to reassure them that, hey, yes, you've made the right decision in choosing me and my dealership and this piece of inventory to buy. I'm not going to screw that up for you, Mr. Customer. Yeah, I love that reminder and love that perspective of that a lead is just as important, if not more important than a greet. And getting more and more data and KPIs against leads to the same degree that we do greets is going to be a massive impact on anyone's business, without a doubt. For sure. For sure. We always looked at it as two different things, in-store and not in-store. But when you think about it, you your dealership will typically have multiple sales guys, right? And you need that, right? They, I call them product specialists because 
we really want to train them on the product presentation, the walk around, and maybe some negotiating skills when it's time to like, you know, do the deal. But, you know, how many, how many swings or showroom visits do you get in a month? Maybe a quarter of all your internet leads, of all of your virtual leads. So if you think about it, the, the big workload is really on everybody else who's not in the dealership at any given time. You may get one or two showroom ups for the day, uh, you know, or, or, or a couple more, you know, depending on what size your dealership is and what kind of brands you carry. You may only get a handful of showroom visits that day if people walked into your dealership, but you might get 20 internet leads or you might get five phone calls or, you know, a couple of chats that day. And when you think about the responsibility of the roles that we've hired for in these dealerships, you know, you've got five or six sales guys roaming the floor looking for that next up to close where you, where most dealerships, they have one or maybe one and a half internet guys or, or, you know, business development people that are there to answer a hundred percent of your phone calls and your internet leads. The ratio is a little bit off to me, but that's what we're trying to change. Yeah. I think it's definitely time. And, uh, this has been awesome, Jacob. So a little bit of a recap, you've got your five by 50, You've got your outbounds, and then you have those contacts. How many of them are getting contacted? Splitting each one of those kind of down the line into appointment setting. Cool, you got an appointment set. Then you have your appointments kept. And then out of those appointments kept, how many of those are actually turning into full-blown leads? And that is just a fantastic starting point or just even a refresher into looking at how you're handling some of your web leads and your outbound outreaches. That's it right there, Angel. Yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, This has been fantastic, Jacob. I appreciate you giving us all that wonderful insight. Uh, For our dealers out there that want more guidance on this, that need more assistance, uh, where can they go to get a hold of you to get some more context to this? Well, we got a couple of resources out there, a couple PDF downloads that uh, I'll include in the show notes here, wherever you're listening to this, uh, just go to the uh, profile there and we'll have a link for you to explore some different resources for your dealership to use today. Awesome. So appreciate it, Jacob. I look forward to talking more about these scoreboards and measurements and management so we can increase our overall performance in these dealerships. Thank you, Angie. Thanks, Jacob. 